Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hello, and what is up? Um, sorry, I've never really quite reached such a high note before, but hey everyone, it's Liz. If you remember um, my last couple of weeks, you would know that this week was supposed to be my two-week post-op uh, procedure. Or not post-op procedure, I guess. Post-op appointment. There we go. Um, and it didn't happen. So I lumped all of my appointments together because I have to drive about 40 minutes. All of my doctors are in Parker and I'm in Denver and wanted to give myself enough time. So I pushed them all together. And on my second out of four appointments, I had a small little procedure done and they, they said, you know, normally for people like the pain goes away really fast. It's just uncomfortable. And, you know, rarely do we ever have a 10. Let me tell you what, I was an Emin Effin 40. Like it just, I could not stop crying. It hurt so bad. So I ended up not making it because I called my doctor and said, um, so I'm only like 10 minutes away from your office, but I'm crying and I didn't want to like alarm you that it was from the surgery. And he called me back and goes, we'll contact you next week and we'll just make this a virtual appointment. So, um, there's that. So I would recommend if you have a, a post-op appointment of any type, you, uh, don't stack other things in front of it just because you wanted to make your, it convenient for your life. I'm not going to go into details on what it was, but it should have been an in and out thing. And because my body likes to just be the 1% sometimes that reacts badly, it was a no-go for me. And I ended up coming home. I took the last of my pain pills I came, um, that I'd brought with me from the hospital from my surgery and went to bed. Cause the only way I could get over this was to just numb it. Woke up the next day, felt fine. I was a little shaky. I think pain meds just do that to me. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. Don't follow my steps. But I will say I lived, I learned. So I don't have a, a two-week post-op doctor's appointment to talk about right now. I can tell you, however, I'm healing quite nicely. I got on the elliptical this weekend, just light and easy. My husband is traveling right now, which just is a whole nother ball of nerves for me. But I don't necessarily feel safe walking in my neighborhood without him. Uh, Denver's kind of like iffy. It's block by block. And there's a lot going on right now in Denver outside of just the norm. So I chose to get on the elliptical at home in the security of my basement where I could continue to watch Real Housewives. It was a twofer. But I got on it. It was easy. I have lost from the highest point when I went into my um, consultation, that was my highest weight, to right now, two weeks post-op, I've lost 27 pounds. So it seems like a big number. I don't see that big of a difference, but I can feel a difference. My knees, for one, on the elliptical, they weren't hurting after two minutes. And 27 pounds ago, they were hurting when I was just walking up and downstairs. So it's those small little NSVs 
that you have to look for because the weight loss will start to slow down the further you go out from surgery and the more and more you add back into your diet. And NSVs, for those who don't know what that is, is NSV equals non-scale victory. I did not measure every inch of my body. I don't know how many inches my thigh was compared to my head. I just know my thigh is bigger than my head. I just wasn't going to go that deep with it because it's too many numbers for me to focus on and that could be such a bad rabbit hole to go down to. So I look for things like how do I feel, how do my clothes look, and just knowing that that joint pain is already better proves to me that this was the right decision for me. So since I don't have that uh, two-week post-op appointment to talk about, you might be thinking, what the hell is Liz going to say today? Well, let me tell you, I still have stuff to talk about. Um, the first one would be, I got to do purees this week. Yay! Um, if, you, if you follow me at all on Instagram, you know that I documented that first day like in detail. And it was hard. I did not realize just how hard it would be to go from three solid weeks of liquids to something as simple as a soup. Granted, a little thicker than broth, but still, it it just blows my mind, even now, sitting here thinking about it, on how quickly I get full. And it's like you go through the classes, you hear it, you hear it, you hear it, but until you really experience it, did it actually happen? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For me, it didn't actually click until I went through it myself. And just, but just the smallest taste of something other than a pre-made shake. Oh, baby. Let me tell you, this week was absolute heaven. I finally felt like I'm getting more energy um, because just being on liquids, you just you just don't have a lot. Um, that is my lovely cat in the background, if you can hear him. We call him Grumpy Old Man. And then I tried my dairy-free ricotta bake. It was gold. It was the perfect thing to start with. But I also went back to my freezer and thawed out all of those pre-made purees I made. I actually made too many. So I put, I put some back in because I decided I could use those for sauces for fish later on and so forth. I did love the cauliflower tofu puree I made. I loosened it up with some water when I heated it up and made it more into a soup. I threw in a little bit of cheese just so it had something that felt forbidden but still okay. But definitely, definitely the tofu was the way to go. I even just started making scrambled tofu with nutritional yeast. So a standard package of extra firm tofu, one package is 40 grams of tofu. That to me is amazing. Then you put in some nutritional yeast. Well, a quarter cup of nutritional yeast or four tablespoons, if you don't know the metrics, is another like eight grams. So that's 48 grams of protein that I can then section off into pre-made meals. Heats up well. It melts in your mouth well. Not a lot of chewing because it melts in your mouth well. So your body takes it like a champ and you're not having a lot of textural issues. So I know that that sometimes can be a problem is the texture going into your stomach. But if you're following your doctor's orders and following the steps that your doctor and your dietitian have given you, you shouldn't have a problem. The one thing that will happen 
and it's not pretty to talk about. And there's actually two things. Neither one of them is pretty to talk about. It's everyone's biggest fears. The first one is you will at some point throw up in this journey, probably in the first six weeks from pushing yourself too far or taking one bite too many. It's just there's nowhere for it to go in your stomach. It's not like you can just sit there and feel uncomfortably full for 30 minutes. You're going to throw up. You're going to know when it happens. It wasn't horrible for me. I mean, it was just like was like, whoop, done. Okay, I'm good. I'm moving on. It wasn't like I was going to sit there and throw up all day. Some people don't have aren't that lucky and they end up throwing up everything. The other thing that's going to happen in your first six weeks is you're going to get constipated. You're welcome for the heads up. Have Benefiber ready in your house. If you can't stomach the taste of it, mix it with something else. I cannot stomach the taste of Benefiber or even the flavored Benefiber. I just start gagging, could not do it. So I had to camouflage it and other things. But you, you're going to get constipated. You just are. And every time you like incorporate more into your diet, your system is like, oh, holy hell, like what are you doing to me? So just be prepared for that. And I would recommend just once you're allowed to, getting sugar-free fiber gummies, probably around four to six weeks post-op, and just adding that into your daily vitamin routine. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Life with Liz. We're going to get back to the show in a moment. But right now, I want to talk about one of my favorite brands that I'm currently obsessed with, and that is JustStrong.com. JustStrong.com is a clothing line that really boosts female empowerment. It is so hard sometimes to find the right workout clothes, especially going through VSG surgery and just starting out not feeling your best, not feeling your healthiest. And when I discovered this clothing line, I immediately reached out and said, hey, let's work together. Be Strong is a clothing line that wants you to never give up and to stay strong both physically and mentally. And we all know how both of those parts are crucial to our success at VSG. Their clothing includes not only clothing, but plus size and kid sizings as well, and supplements and accessories. So go to JustStrong.com, use my promo code LizRow10, and get 10% off your first order. Again, that's LizRow10, L-I-Z. R-A-U-10 at JustStrong.com. So also this week during purees, um, meal prep, meal prep was huge. You know, I really discounted it again ahead of this because I thought, oh, I work from home. Like, how difficult is it going to be to pop down into my kitchen every two hours to get four ounces of food? Turns out it actually is. Because I'm on the phone 24-7 on my job and meetings galore and webinars galore and Zoom meetings and I can't just go down in the kitchen for 30 minutes and make something. So having my meals already prepped so I could just pop them out, put it in the microwave for a few seconds, game changer. So I'm going to start doing more meal preps as I get to each stage and uh, you're going to be impressed ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to get creative. Excuse me for a second. I just need to take a sip of my decaf coffee. Ugh. I swear you can taste the decaf. It's just not the same. I do allow myself one golden, delicious cup of coffee in the morning. But that's it. And I used to be like a four cup a day kind of girl. Like if I was traveling or on the road or past a Starbucks, like sign me up. I was getting some more espresso in my body somehow. So 
those of you who have ever listened to my podcast know I don't sleep, and most people were judging me um, in my personal life. Yeah, I'm calling you out, saying, well, if you drink less coffee, you could probably sleep. Uh, guess what? I didn't have coffee for three weeks, and I still can't sleep. So there. I was going to say something rude, but just in case there's a child listening, I self, self-edited self right there. But um, anyway, I am sipping on decaf coffee while I record this because I thought it might give me some sort of juju. I used to drink wine. That was even more fun. So, oh, and that brings me to a question. Can I have non-alcoholic wine? Is the sugar in that, like, terrible? Somebody somebody research that. Let me know. I, I need to know because maybe that will give me a placebo effect. Um, but anyway, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> it's just so me getting off topic. And so I think we were talking about meal prepping. The other thing with food, once you start your purees, is don't push it and take your time. It might take you 40 minutes to eat that puree. That is totally fine. I just put my spoon down between every bite, answer an email, go back. You know, I I just let it go naturally because the most uncomfortable part is getting full for the first time and just feeling like you can't breathe. It's like having like a little bubble at the end, end of your sternum and... For me, that's just, I found to be very uncomfortable. I had to get up and kind of walk it out. The other thing is don't compare yourself to Susie down the street or Susie down the Instagram road. You know what I mean? Because everybody is at, sorry, everybody is going to handle this journey differently. I've seen a lot of posts where it's like, oh, I'm just not losing anything. Well, do exactly what your therapist, your nutritionist, and your doctor advised you to when you hit a stall. Look at what you've been eating, look at your activity limits, and adjust. Just pivot. This whole VSG journey I've learned is just about pivoting. It's probably the best way to adapt yourself to change for any situation. And I'm pretty flexible with change as it is in the world. I think change is typically a good thing. And a lot of people are afraid of change. When you go through this surgery and this process and these classes, there's no other choice. You got to learn to pivot. So it's actually become um, a more adaptable, feasible thing in just my life in general. Like I've I've noticed I've let go of a couple of things. And I know I'm only uh, three weeks out, but this is just what I've noticed. So this is me and this is my journey. But we all lose weight at different paces. So you can't base your success off somebody else's. You have to do the work. If you're not going to exercise, it's probably not going to work. If you're not going to adhere to the diet, it's probably not going to work. If you're not going to find yourself a support system, it's definitely not going to work. And it's just become so, so obvious to me. The other thing about finding your support system is that eventually your friends and family, and in my case, my husband, they're not going to want to hear about your surgery anymore every day. And it's exciting for you. You're living it. They don't really care after a certain point. You lived, you survived, you look good, moving on. And so I, I have this, this is my outlet, and this is my podcast to talk about it. But I also have created quite the little network of support on social media. It's amazing. All of the people out there who are going through the same things and just want someone to talk to. And that's, I think, probably the biggest takeaway for me during this process. The other place I chose to create an outlet for myself is YouTube. That's right. Your girl is 
caved in and started a YouTube channel. And here's why. I love to cook and I like to do little videos and I was uploading them onto my IGTV and thought, God, this is nice. I don't have to go anywhere else to create one more thing, one more forum. And uh, IGTV is a real bitch. That's what I'm going to say. It takes all day to upload the video. It won't let you go back and edit things very easily. You cannot stop the pro process if it doesn't load up because even though it gives you the option, the app does not work. It just became very, very unuser friendly. And so I decided, screw it, I'm going to go to YouTube. They've been up for, what, 20 freaking years and it works like a champ. They probably have been around longer than that. Were they around in the 90s? I should probably find that out before I throw out a fact. But I started one. Same handle as all my other social media accounts, Liz Route Official. Please, 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 you guys, go and subscribe to make it look like I have, like, a follower or two. But I'm going to do a bunch of cooking videos, like status updates, things that other VSGers are going to looking for, are going to be looking for. I know I researched a ton on YouTube about multiple people's journeys and what they did and how they meal prepped and how they prepared for surgery and what was in their hospital bag and, you know, what's it like one year out, two year out, three years out, you know, what mistakes did people make, what successes did people um, really find that surprised them. And I just found it so inspirational for part of my research. So I'm sorry, my voice keeps going. Let me take another slurp of my <clears throat> decaf coffee. Just wanted to prove to you I was slurping. But so I caved in and I started one. I was adamant in the beginning of this journey I was not just going to be another YouTuber and uh, now I am. So again, I pivoted. I also have been doing some fun stuff this week, too. It's not all been VSG all day long. For instance, those of you who know me know I love Bravo. I just do. And Below Deck, ever since I brought Bugsy back, has just not been doing it for me. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week for the first time ever, ever in history, upped Real Housewives of New York. It was actually better. And normally it's the other way around. I like to watch Beverly Hills for the shiny GGG stuff and they take the best freaking trips. In New York, it's usually more, I like it more because they're all like typically like well-rounded. No, that's a bad choice of words. It's just better. The stories are better. The people are better. The connections are better. Um, you know, they don't have Bethany this year. It's definitely, Definitely, uh, she's a mischaracter. They have Leah. Thank God she's carrying the show on her back and she's the newbie. But, um, you know, that's that was all that's happening on Bravo right now. And it was just not enough for me. And because of the Dino, Dina Manzo with her ex-husband hiring a mobster to attack her or her husband, alleg allegedly, let me throw that in there, I've been watching Vintage Real Housewives of New Jersey, as you know. It's the best. I I, t I used to be a hardcore Roni person. Like it was New York all the way. I'm I'm changing my mind. I'm a Jersey person, because I went back and started watching the first seasons, and then I skipped the few in the middle that were really lame, for like five years of just Teresa and Melissa fighting over their stupid family, and skipped ahead to when Teresa gets out of prison. Oh, guttural that episode, but I. 
you know, that's when Margaret comes in. That's when Dolores comes in. And we get Jackie and Jennifer, who just, God bless her, is a young Teresa. Like, she's just spending money left and right like Teresa did in first season. It's like, oh, that writing's on the wall. But, oh, my God, you guys, it's so freaking good. I just want to be friends with the March. That's it. I just want to be friends with Margaret Josephs. I think she and I would get along great. I think we have the same sense of humor, and I think she's funny. I'm also working on finishing my book. It's called A Hex in the West. It's a new witch murder mystery magic and a little bit of romance series. So this is book one. Love, love, loving it. And then I don't know if I'd call this fun, but I did go back to work. I'd been furloughed for like uh, four months. So it worked out that I didn't have to go back to post-surgery. That was a, a blessing. And I got to keep my insurance. But uh, yeah, so I went back to work. And sitting at a desk all day was a little uncomfortable at the beginning because my incisions were still swollen. So I'd have to like work in the mornings at my desk and then shift to my like homemade built-in recline situation on the couch um, just to let my stomach stretch out a little. But uh, I'm back. I'm back and uh, it feels weird, but it also feels like I never left. It's amazing how easily you just get back into the flow of things and back into talking to your clients and your customers. And it felt good to be missed. Not going to lie. My clients missed me. And um, even though they were well, well taken care of, that little part felt good. So we all need a spirit morale booster at some point, And that was mine for the week. So with that being said, um, that's all I really have on my notes to talk about, but I do want to mention to all my fellow VSGers out there, in the month of August, I am highlighting all these different VSG stories. So if you are interested in sharing your story and why you did VSG or mistakes that you made post-VSG or RNY, um, any sort of bariatric surgery really, if you want to talk about any part of your journey, things you wish people knew, things you wish you had gotten to say, things that, you know, helped you, whatever your story may be, send me an email, lizroutinfo at gmail.com, or you can just DM me on Instagram and I'll give you all the information. But all month of August, I'm highlighting different bariatric patients who have graciously submitted their blogs to me with photos. And I, I just think it's important to kind of share everyone's stories because, again, that online support family just becomes so necessary to this whole process. And it's important to not only have people going through it right now, but people who are one years out, four years out, ten years out. You know, how do we really make ourselves our own successes, right? So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. I know it's a kind of a short podcast this week, but I think they're all kind of short for some reason in my head. But guys, seriously, thank you so much for listening to me week after week. I so appreciate it. And if you could, please hit subscribe on that YouTube channel and my podcast. And if you uh, feel super, super gracious, please give me a five-star rating because it really, really helps. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week and uh, after my virtual post-op appointment, and maybe I'll have a doctor's appointment to talk to you about next week. Until then, signing off and stay strong. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.